Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Donald. Happy birthday to you. And many more. I just did, I have your card right on my counter. Um, I was ready to go, and I didn't put Easter and your birthday together. So uh, this is gonna be a great day. The, um, wow, the day the Lord is risen, and it's your birthday. That's pretty neat. I love you very, very much. Bye bye. Hey, what's going on, you guys? This is episode 90 of the Ron and Dawn Show. That's my beautiful mother, Virginia, calling uh, to wish me a happy birthday on this Easter. And uh, we're recording on a Sunday. So happy Easter to everybody. It's a picture-perfect day in the great Pacific Northwest. But uh, wow, was that... Was that a beautiful birthday greeting uh, from my mother, Virginia? And, Ma, if you're listening right now, I so appreciate it. Time out. Your mother's obviously known you longer than I have. (laughs) But today's not your birthday. (laughs) What is going on? (laughs) Your birthday's not not till later in the week. What is happening here? Oh, man. You know what? I think what my mom is going through is what we're all going through. I think you wake up every day and you just wonder what day it is. And for whatever reason, when my mother woke up today, in her mind, Easter and my birthday were the exact same day. Now, to be fair to her, my birthday has landed on Easter before because Easter always kind of moves around. It it's depends a, Easter's upon. almost always on Sunday. Which yeah, is weird. Always on Sunday. Uh, but no, it, it's not a particular day every year. It kind of shifts. So uh, anyway, she was off a couple days. But as in the tradition of the O'Neill family, uh, that's what Close we always enough. do. We call Close each it. other. You're in the ballpark. Hey, I appreciate the fact that she called, that she sang, and she got it in the right month. So, uh, so kudos to my mom, and, and I really appreciate her. Uh, reaching out my son just had a birthday it was a birthday of two and i have to tell you on a in on a serious note and uh welcome to episode 90 everybody he's ron i'm don welcome to the ron and don show we appreciate you guys studios everybody yeah we appreciate you guys tuning the les rob studios Uh, a couple days ago i had a birthday uh party for my son and my friend christy peterson called me and she said hey i have all these balloons i have this yard sign this happy birthday. Would you like it? I said, of course I would. Uh, so we're able to, uh, she actually dropped those things off and I set those up at my house. Uh, the thing that I was really concerned about though, is having a birthday party without kids and kiddos. And I know a lot of, a lot of parents have probably felt this and you've gone through this. Uh, and I was talking to my older sister about this, Beth, and she said something to me that really resonated. And she just said, you know what, Donald, your love is enough. It is enough. The fact that you love him, you care about him, you're going to plan a special day with him. She said, you know what? He'll always remember it, and it'll be enough. He was turning 10. You hit that decade. Uh, and so we planned. We went on a bike ride. He rode, he rode 10 miles on his 10th birthday. How about nice. that? That's awesome. I, I yeah. do like that it was just the two of you, and you still got the full sheet cake. 
Like you, you guys got a you <laughs> lot of cake for two got people. The, he still got the full sheet cake, uh, and we spent some time making dinner together and uh, opening up presents. And then what was really cool? You better have given him the present I got him. He he, he did, and thank you for that. The the, the thing that was really cool is at the end of this, uh, in the evening, my mom and my older sister and my uh, little niece Caroline had set up a Zoom call, and there are probably forty different people in that Zoom call. Uh, as far as his relatives go, and you were there, Ron, so thank you for doing that. And you know what? He walked away feeling like he had the best birthday ever, even though there weren't kids there. And he walked away with really a great appreciation for that phone call and just how many people cared about him in that moment when you look out there on that screen and you just turned 10 and you have over 40 friends, uh, neighbors, and relatives calling you from around the country to wish you a happy birthday. it was it was it was surreal, and yet it was really neat. And uh, his birthday, I'll never forget. And of course, uh, mom, today is my birthday. It's Easter, and I don't have my gift yet. So I'm little, <laughs> That's I'm a little, so funny. Does that happen to you though, Ron? Have you have you lost track of time? Because I my, I my, have I, I've it's, lost track of time a little bit. I have to say, it's right? It's been weird that every day feels like every other day. I was actually listening to uh, Tim Ferriss podcast, and he had a great idea and I might try it. He said Monday through Friday that he plays a specific genre of music. And I think for him it was, it might've been reggae or something. I don't remember what it was, but it's like Monday through Friday yeah. in the evenings when they're, he's making dinner with his girlfriend who he lives with, they will only play reggae. And then on the weekends, yeah. he changes the playlist. He does. So like okay. on the weekends, it'll be like rock and roll or hip hop or whatever it is. And yeah. so that just to separate it. And then he has two places where they eat. So on the weekdays, they have this ritual. He sets up the table and they light a candle and do the whole thing. And they have dinner at this specific table. And then on the weekends, they will eat out. And so he'll go out <laughs> on his deck in the back and they eat out in the back. And they can't eat out if it's not a weekend. And so the weekend, so I was like, you know what? It's hokey. But it's actually a good idea to like do something to where you are changing it up because it does just turn into a hamster wheel. It's it's really bizarre for me, especially because you know where I live. I'm lucky enough to have a view of of Lake Union, and there are people going by in their in their sailboats and powerboats right now. And I'm just I'm inside going, why am I? This is the most perfect day of the year. Today, as Don and I are recording this, there is not a cloud in the sky. It's absolutely picture-perfect weather in the Pacific Northwest, as you always say. Yeah. And it's like uh, you see people walking around without their mask on, and I'm super judgy. And it's like, should I be out there? Can I go out there? Can I go in here? Like, it's, it's very, very weird. All right, let's talk about that because uh, we're going to talk about that on episode 90. Uh, we talked before about immunity passport, uh, and then a little bit later, uh, we want to talk about a sense and maybe a, a, a sense of normalcy. Will there be a, a new sense of normalcy? Uh, but, Ron, you saw something in the, in the Seattle Times that really uh, caught your eye this morning. And, again, you're, you're, you're getting this show on Monday, uh, but we're recording it on my birthday, according to my mother, and Easter. 
right on a, on a Sunday on a Sunday afternoon. So what did, what did you see yeah, the, wrong that uh, caught your eye? The front page story in the Seattle Times today basically is like, okay, we've it seems like we flattened the curve, and now what? What what, what what's next? Like we've been so focused on sheltering in place and washing our hands and social distancing and wearing mm-hmm. masks and all those things. It's like, what is the next thing? And of course, they they mentioned that the president wants to roll this out back to work as quickly as possible, A, to get the economy going, B, it's an election year. So that's sort of in the ether. Uh, All the scientists say, watch out for the second wave. So whether that's in China, whether that's in Italy, uh, whether that's in the UK, Germany, they're all saying, watch out for the second wave. Don't be lax with that because of how people can be uh, asymptomatic in this. And so a couple things that I found really, really interesting and I don't know if it's going to fly in the United States. This has worked in some other countries, uh, one in Asia in particular. And I don't remember which Asian country, but they have basically used the GPS function on your cell phone to geotag infections. So follow me on this. Everybody opts in. And there's apps like this right now. Like I think Foursquare was a geotagging app where it's like, hey, Don's it. You're the mayor of, of Whole Foods because you walked in there and you geotagged that you checked in. So there are apps already that use, I think there's a dating app as well. It's like, hey, if I'm within 100 yards of uh, someone else on the app, it'll ping you or whatever. So what they want to do is when everybody's GPS information is being collected uh, countrywide, and there's an Asian country that did this, if, if you test positive, uh, for COVID-19, they go back and they can tell and they notify via text message everybody that came into close proximity of your cell phone. Mm-hmm. And so in real time, they can say, you need to quarantine yourself. So the, the person that you interacted with is now positive. You need to quarantine yourself for 14 days. That, I think, is I hadn't heard of, and I think it's genius. And in this country, and again, I should, I should look it up when I get a second here, um, they've had very, very good control over the, the uh, infection rate as it's gone through their country. The other idea, uh, because we've talked a little, you referenced the immunity passports. The other idea is to allow people to start to go back to work in phases. And if ICUs in any given community go over 50%, capacity with COVID cases, we go back into um, social distancing for the next 18 months while we get a, uh, a vaccine for this, whether they're developing a vaccine. So if your community stays under 50%, your life is normal. You just go on, keep on keeping on. When you break 50%, the governor would come back out and say, okay, for King County or Skagit County or Island County, uh, you guys are, are above 50%. So we need to shelter in place in those counties. It might even be statewide. I don't know how expansive it would be. And they say we'll just roll that wave when it goes when it's over fifty. You're isolating when it's under fifty. You you can emerge, and we just keep rolling on that that wave until a vaccine is in place. Probably eighteen months from now. What do you think of both of those theories? Well, I th- I think it's the it it's the question that you brought up. Uh, what is next? And if we look in history, 
we can look at the 1918 pandemic and you're right. It was the second wave that killed millions. It wasn't the first, it was the second wave. Uh, we can also see in other parts of the world where they begin to loosen restrictions that this particular virus uh, comes charging back. I think what I'm seeing, and I'm reading this a lot uh, online, and I'm hearing some talking heads begin to say this. They say, if you, if you just took the U.S., for instance, and you looked at the overall uh, deaths in the U.S., just overall, uh, and specifically with adults, uh, the death rate for adults dying in the U.S. is down. One of the reasons that it's down is because we're not getting in cars. The reason we're not getting in cars, we've been told to not get in cars and to go to work because if we do that and we don't socially distance, we could place ourselves or other people in a real calamity. And so we've decided to stay home. As a result of staying home, uh, people aren't dying in their cars. Some people are looking at this and saying, you know what? At the end of the day, uh, cyclically, people are going to die. People are going to pass away. Uh, the death cycle is part of the life cycle. And so, you know, what we should do is just accept the fact that so many people are going to die because we don't have herd immunity yet. And until we have herd immunity, there are going to be people oftentimes dying of COVID-19. But that number, if we compare that number uh, to the number of deaths that are out on the interstate and the highway today, uh, maybe it ends up being a push. Uh, and a push, I would say, if you don't know what that means, basically it's even steeper. Here's the thing that people aren't understanding, though, is that when it comes to car accidents and car wrecks, we can kind of predict with pretty good accuracy how many people we think are going to die on the interstates and the highways, not only in the great state of Washington, uh, but on all 50. What, what we can't figure out is that when it comes to COVID-19, because we haven't had long enough to study it, uh, this thing can expand. It can expand quickly, exponentially. And now, when you talk about the number of deaths in the 50 states, it would far outsurpass the amount of people that well, would die on the interstates here in Washington accidents or around the country. aren't contagious either. So there you, I mean, there, there you, there you go. The so I, I hear that being argued quite a bit. And I think the argument has to be, we need to step back. We don't understand this disease. They're already saying now they believe that it was in California uh, earlier than it had been predicted, which means maybe it was here in the great state of Washington earlier than it had uh, predicted. And then I think this, this was interesting to me in parts of Seattle that I was out in today. And I went out and I did some grocery shopping and then uh, some shopping for friends and family. Uh, I saw a lot of people without masks. I saw a lot of people without gloves. Typically when I go into Bartels, people have a mask and gloves on there. I saw a lot of people uh, just decide today. Uh, it's a beautiful day that they weren't going to wear the mask and gloves. I saw a lot of kids out. I saw a lot of kids out in shared spaces. I saw kids out in shared spaces where they were climbing on playground equipment. And specifically in Washington, we were told, hey, the weather's going to be nice here for the next week. We're going to be up in the 70s. And so we're going to go out and we're going to close specific parks, playgrounds. We want people to really stay home. And to your point, Ron, I think people are restless and they are tired of staying home. 
And they have decided today that they would go out uh, in force as a result of that. Hey, let's do this. We're going to come back, Ron and Don, live from the Les Schwab Studios. And we're going to talk a little bit about what an immunity passport is. And is that something that would be possible as we get ready or try to get ready to kickstart this economy once again? All right. He's Ron. I'm Don. We will see you in one minute only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, Ron and Don here for Les Schwab, and they sent us this message. The safety of the customers of Les Schwab and its employees is a top priority. We're committed to staying open to provide necessary services to our customers, particularly those we all rely on for essential services and who cannot self-isolate as long as we can and as long as it aligns with guidance from local health officials. We're taking serious steps to help protect the health of our customers, employees, and communities. Based on guidance from the CDC and the World Health Organization, We increased our cleaning and disinfecting efforts in every store and have temporarily shut down our popcorn machines in coffee service as an extra precaution. Anyone who's had an unexpected flat tire, brake trouble, or a dead battery knows why our customers depend on us to help ensure their vehicle is safe and reliable, even during these unusual times. We want to thank our store employees who remain dedicated to helping our community get where they need to go. For those of you who have to keep moving in order to support our communities or to get the support they need, we're committed to staying open as long as we can and as long as it aligns with the guidance from local health officials. Like so many other businesses, we're continually monitoring the situation and evaluating how best to support and protect our employees and communities. All right, you guys, welcome back. Episode 90 of the Ron and Don Show. We're live from the Les Schwab Studios. He's Ron, I'm Don, and we are keeping our social distance as we record this on an Easter Sunday. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about herd immunity, Ron, and let's also talk about the immunity passport for people to understand herd immunity. It just means that enough of us have to get sick from COVID-19 and we have to recover. And then we have these antibodies that are swimming around in our bloodstream, which is supposed to say, ah, you know what? I am now immune from COVID-19. I can go back to work. I can go back to school. I can go back to the grocery store, and I don't have to worry about being sick or handing this off to other people. The problem with that is the testing. And what we found out with the testing early on is that probably 30% of the testing that comes back is incorrect. We see false positives. And then we've also seen people who have supposedly, supposedly healed from COVID-19 and they test in a positive fashion once again. The thing that we don't have here in the States, and until we figure this out, and I think tech is going to drive this, right? I think it's going to be the Elon Musk of the world. I think it's going to be the Amazons of the world. I think it's going to be the Bill and Melinda Gates of the world. They're going to figure out how we can test, how we can accurately test, and how we can scale that. Because once we can scale that and we can figure out, hey, you know what? In Don's neighborhood in Queen Anne, Washington, there's an outbreak. And what we need to do is we need to go in and smother this thing. And we need for people in that area to stay in their homes and socially distant. Uh, And we can take care of this outbreak until there's some kind of vaccine. And I think that that, Ron, may be the direction that we're heading. But until, number one, there is mass testing, and then number two, down the road, we'll see some kind of vaccine, until we have at least one of those things figured out, uh, I think we're going to be sitting at home for a lot longer than people think. What do you think? Well, I mean, people, 
the, the, the thing that people are doing is still comparing this to the flu. And so what happens with the regular flu is that when you get the antibodies that you just mentioned, that you're sort of, you do have herd immunity. So you can go back into the workplace. If you're exposed to the same strain of that flu, your body's already ready. And then also as the weather heats up, then that flu dies away. So that's why there's a quote-unquote flu season every year. The flu never fully dies away. It sort of goes less dormant in the, in the hot months, and then it pops back up when it gets cold. And so people were thinking, okay, well, this is a variant of the flu, and so therefore when it gets hot, uh, it's going to do the same thing. And that's not necessarily true. Uh, they look in some hot weather countries like Australia right now, and COVID-19 is raging through despite it being summertime down there or being much hotter. So they, they don't know that. The other thing they don't know is how quickly you can get reinfected. So with the regular flu, if you have the antibodies, you're not going to get infected again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this one, they don't know how long that's going to be. So that's if they right. say, okay, uh, we think it's like the regular flu, so everybody back into the onto the bowling floor. If you have uh, the antibodies, well, they don't know then if it's two weeks, if it's a month, if it's six weeks, and all of a sudden it flares up again. So, uh, but you have to do something. I mean, in a, in a certain sense, you have to do something. And the economy right now, I, I don't know if you read the story. That let's take food uh, for instance. So you just said you went to the grocery store. Farmers right now that were in the pipeline of restaurant chains and uh, school cafeterias and commercial style uh, buyers, they're just plowing under fields. So right now in America, there was a, they had a, one guy, he just took over a million pounds of perfect onions ready to go to market. And he buried them in the ground and just a farmer and just walked away. There have been whole acreages of uh, like cabbage and lettuces and the, the farmer can't sell them. He's just plowing it back into the ground. He took his tractor, plowed it under millions of pounds of food. There are egg manufacturers throwing away 750,000 eggs a day because they have no one to sell these eggs to. There are uh, dairies that are trying to give away milk. They can't give the milk away. They're just dumping perfectly good milk into the same pit that they put all of the manure and animal waste into because they don't know what to do with the milk. They can't, they can't stop milking the cow. So because the food delivery system was set up in a specific way, they can't get rid of this food. There's nobody to buy the food. And it's, it's just incredible to think about that. And so I think as we try to figure this out, um, our economy is predicated on people working and being out in the community and doing things and uh, being able to move freely. And so to your point, maybe the real answer is going to be that we just we have to roll the dice in as careful a way as we can, but the dice still need to be rolled. Uh, I don't think you can sit in this in this holding pattern forever. Yeah, and I don't I don't know if it, I don't know if it's a dice roll though, because a dice roll is pretty. These, you know, basically with a dice roll, this is the hand that's dealt, and 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 now we have to play it, and we have to react, and, and you win or you lose. I I think it's it's. I think it's more of a dimmer switch. We saw the states that were late 
when it came to social distancing, we see them suffering now, really suffering. Uh, and there's still more suffering um, that we're probably going to see in the South and the Southwest as this begins to reach uh, uh, tribes. Like what will, the, what will happen when this reaches the Navajo Nation uh, or the Hopi Nation? So I know that that's a big concern. You can see what's happening in Louisiana right now. Uh, where this is just running rampant, or in places like Michigan, where in the Midwest, where I know a lot of people today that are families are getting together for Easter anyway, because that's what you do, and that's what I did uh, growing up in the Midwest. I think it's going to be a dimmer switch. I think what we're going to see, uh, and we see that happening this week, is Boeing said, hey, we're going to socially distant, but we're going to start building planes again, and this is how we're going to do it. We'll see how uh, Wall Street reacts to that. And I bet re- Wall Street will react in a very positive way. I think in the areas where we can socially distance and go back to work, um, and especially for younger people, I think you're going to see that happen. I think when it comes to kids and learning institutions, I think this all is going to remain online. And I think as far as, 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 far as sporting events go, I think sporting events are really just going to be TV shows. And that's all they are anyway. A football game is just a TV show. Uh, When you go and you watch a Seattle Seahawks game, it's exciting to sit there with the crowd. Uh, And I've done that numerous times. But it's a better show at home when you can watch it on TV. And I think what's going to have to happen here, until we have herd immunity, until most of the folks in this country have had this or – there is some type of vaccine that we can offer. Uh, I just don't see us gathering uh, in big in big groups at sporting events or today like Easter. Uh, I don't see that happening unless you saw people very creative today. Uh, you saw this with the Pope as he was speaking. There were people that were standing in church listening, but they were six feet apart, uh, apart from each other. Or you saw churches around still have services today, and it was a drive-in service where you would go and you would sit in the car with your family. We've seen this uh, with birthdays online where you do a drive-by birthday. I saw this. A beautiful, oh, I loved it. It, it, it was teachers that, that just wanted to say hi to their students, their young students. And so they had set up a drive-by, and all these teachers were standing by their cars with really cool notes that they had written to their children and to kids. Uh, and then the kids had the opportunity to drive by with their families and uh, connect with those teachers. So, so I thought that, that was very, very cool. All right. Hey, uh, it's the Ron and Don Show coming up. We told you about a cannonball run a couple months ago where some guys were trying to take a car and drive it across America in about a day. And they were able to smash the record. Now, the interstates and the highways, <laughs> there's nobody out there. At least there's not supposed to be. And uh, a couple more guys thinking they are Burt Reynolds and Jerry Reed and Don DeLuise and Sally Field. How about that, Ron? I was able to name four of the actors in the Cannonball Run. Not even cheating. Uh, they're making a cannonball run. We'll talk about that next. It's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, you guys, now a word from Les Schwab. Uh, right now, quote, we're taking serious steps to help protect the health of our customers, our employees, and our communities. 
Based on guidance from the CDC and the World Health Organization, we have increased our cleaning and disinfecting efforts in every store. And we have temporarily shut down our popcorn machines and coffee service as an extra precaution. For those who have to keep moving in order to support our communities or to get the support that they need, we are committed to staying open as long as we can and as long as it aligns with the guidance from local health officials, like so many. There's so many businesses. We continually are monitoring the situation and we're evaluating how best to support and protect our employees and our communities. So don't forget, you guys. Les Schwab, they've been in the community for a long time, since 1952. And I can tell you, in being one of their spokesmen for the last 12 years, this is where Les Schwab really leans in and they really help. So if you're listening to this and you're out in a delivery truck right now, or if you're out in a semi, an 18, whatever it is, there is a Les Schwab near you. So make sure you pick up the phone, you give them a call, or find one just right on your smart device at leschwab.com. That's leschwab.com. Doing the right thing. You know it matters. All right, you guys, welcome back. Episode 90 of the Ron and Don Show. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, Ron and Don, we are licensed brokers with Windermere. Uh, and we actually sold a house the day before we sheltered in place and the day of. And we're getting ready right now in a very careful fashion uh, to bring some properties uh, to the market. So if you want to have a conversation about buying, selling, investing, or maybe have some properties right now and you're just trying to figure out what is my exit strategy on this because I didn't see this coming. I know for me, for instance, I own numerous Airbnbs and I've had to change the strategy with those properties because of what's happening right now around the world. We can have a conversation. We do something called a Ron and Don sit down uh, and we can do it virtually now. So we'll send you a, a coffee mug. It says you sat down with Ron and Don and we can have a conversation buying, selling, investing. We'd love to do that for you. Just reach out to Ron, Ron at Windermere.com and Don O'Neill at Windermere.com. Once again, live from the Les Schwab studios and Ron, uh, some more folks out there deciding they're going to make a cannonball run of it, I guess, right? Yeah, I don't know if this is silver lining or not, but the cannonball run, for those of you that don't know, was in 1971, someone spawned this idea. It was actually a guy that worked for Car and Driver magazine. He said, I wonder what, what the fastest you could drive from coast to coast would be. And um, people started doing this, car enthusiasts. And it was around, you know, 32 hours, uh, 33 hours in the 70s. Then in 1976, as you referenced, there was a movie called Cannonball Run that had Burt Reynolds in it. And, and that became a cult classic. And so this thing has just lived on. And Lord, it's not sanctioned. There's no uh, rules necessarily. And you just have to document that you went from coast to coast. Now, they put the route into Google Maps, and it says it should take you a little over 41 hours to make this drive if you go the speed limit. And um, so it started, like I said, in the 70s. It was about 32, 33 hours. And then in 1983, there was a Ferrari that made the trip in 32 hours and seven minutes. And it's been getting faster and faster. So it stood for, since 1983, that Ferrari, that record stood until 2006 when a BMW M5 broke the 32-hour barrier, 31 hours and four minutes. Wow. And they're just saying, like, well, there's only so fast you can go because you got to go through towns. you got to go over mountains. There's some sections of road in America that are just treacherous to drive. 
And so that's where it stood around the 32 hours, 31 hours. And so it's slowly been going down. Last November, a team uh, in a a 2015 Mercedes finished in under 28 hours. And so they really shattered the record. And just this week, a team that is remaining anonymous right now they tricked out their 2019 Audi A8L sedan. They put extra fuel tanks into the trunk to modify it. And because nobody is on the road right now, yeah. they made it an un- they broke the 27 hour barrier. Uh, and this is the fastest that anyone has ever driven a car from coast to coast. Uh, they averaged over 100 miles an hour for 3,000 miles. And they said it was a dream to drive. Uh, as a part of this story that I read, and it's from the New York Times, is that they've seen, they, they contacted some different police departments around America. Speeding tickets in the triple digits are skyrocketing right now. So people that are out on the roads are just like, hey, there's a, a like they have 543 citations from the California Highway Patrol over 100 miles an hour this month. Okay. 543. There's a, uh, in Portland, Oregon, um, a car was caught going 139 miles an hour. Two motorcycles in Oregon were caught racing at 132 miles an hour. And uh, this is just something people are seeing these open roads. They're a little stir crazy. And they're like, I wonder how fast my motorcycle can go. Evidently, 132 miles an hour. Yeah, and I and I saw some motorcycle guys, probably a pack of thirty of them all stretched out, and they went by a state patrol vehicle the other day. And that state patrol vehicle didn't pursue them. It'd be dumb to pursue them because it will just make them drive faster. It'll it'll make them drive uh, in a more crazy fashion, and you you will never catch them. I mean, you're just they're on a bullet bike and you're in a cruiser and, and you're not going to catch them. So, uh, Ron, let's put a bow around it. Where do you see this happening or what do you think is going to happen here uh, in the next couple of weeks? Governor Jay Ensley now saying about the state of Washington that uh, he may have to extend things out from May 4th. Uh, we see in New York where there's still a lot of people dying. They feel like maybe they flatten the curve some. You see a disagreement between the governor there and the mayor of New York, the mayor of New York has come out and said, these kids aren't going back to school. And Governor Cuomo came out and said, hey, you know what? That's not your decision. That's my decision. And I haven't made that decision yet. What's very interesting is we are beginning to see how powerful governors are uh, when it comes to states' rights. And there's a lot of things that I think people are expecting the federal government to do. And, and really... Uh, when it comes to states' rights, on some of those things, the federal government is in a backup position. Uh, what do you I think? Mean, Jay, what do you think Jan Inslee's going to do here? And we don't talk a lot of politics, but what do you think about his leadership uh, so far? Um, I think that he has threaded the needle okay. Like there was a lot of pressure for quite a while for him to shut things down before he actually did. I think it could have been shut down a little earlier. Um, but I think after that, he's he's done done fairly well. I think there's going to be a tremendous pressure to get back to work, and we're going to see a second wave of this. I also think we're going to start to get some investigative journalists that say China's been lying through their teeth 
uh, this entire time and that their number of, of casualties is in the triple, di- like the six digits for sure. So it's over 100,000 without question. Uh, I've read some stuff coming out of Wuhan where it's like, dude, they read refrigerated trucks backed up to the hospital and they were just stacking bodies in there uh it's it's in the tens of thousands if not a hundred thousand more than what they claim so i think we're going to find that out uh i think there's just no way that this president right now is not going to try to get people out there and get the the economy going again um i think we're going to start small and start to roll this out. But you referenced professional sports uh, earlier, which was a, a major diversion. This should have been the weekend of the, of the masters right now. We should have been watching Tiger Woods defend his green jacket. And so I just don't think any of that stuff's going to get back. I, I watched, I was watching a concert the other day on YouTube of a, of a music act. I liked, and it was like, it was Paul McCartney. I was like, wouldn't that have been great to be able to be that close to people? to listen to Paul McCartney sing in a pub. Uh, You know, all of those things that we associate with the Pacific Northwest this time of year, concerts in the park, uh, going uh, to see your favorite act, like going to all the festivals, going to Seattle Center uh, for a bunch of food fairs, all of those things, uh, you know, Seafair, the marathon, um, just it's about people. It's about gathering with people and doing amazing things in this amazing city. I just don't think that we're going to be able to do that this year. I just don't. Yeah. It's interesting because I think what we're all learning from this is that we have this uh, incredible need as humans to connect with other humans. And, and people are still trying to find a way to – to connect with other humans. But I think this does get to the point where I haven't seen as many masks and gloves today, especially when I went into uh, to Bartels. And typically when you're in the drugstore, people are masked up and they have their gloves on. And I saw a lot of people out today. I saw them out in parks that are supposedly closed. You kind of rest your way out of this. Um, I do think we need some kind of national plan. Uh, and we are not hearing that. You know, it's really up to Governor Jay Inslee and what he wants to do here and what Gavin Newsom wants to do down in California, what Governor Cuomo decides that he's going to do in New York State. Uh, And I think um, the independence of all that, which is so cool, which makes the United States of America the United States of America. I just I just hope these governors really work in unison. They get on the same page. In fact, I heard Governor Cuomo say that. He said, I need to talk with the other governors in the vicinity in places like New Jersey and make sure that we're all kind of rowing here uh, in the same direction. But I do think people are ready uh, to gradually do something, whatever that something is, just like we gradually sheltered in place. And now it's uh, it seems like it would be time to, uh, to move forward. And something that we have now that they didn't have in 1918, there's a lot more of us. Uh, but I think a lot of what we're seeing right now and a lot of what we're not seeing is going to be handled in the private sector and it's going to be handled by tech. And the nerds are going to lead the way in 2020. The nerds are going to lead uh, us together out of this. So uh, any final thoughts here, Ron, as we uh, finish up episode 90? of the Ron and Don show. Don't forget we are licensed brokers with Windermere. If you're just scared right now and you want to talk, let's jump on a call with Ron and myself. We do this all week long. Um, 
we will just jump on a call with you. We call it a Ron and Don sit down and let's just kind of talk through it. Okay. Uh, you can reach out to Ron, Ron at windermere.com, Don O'Neill at windermere.com. And we'd love to talk to you and uh, help you figure out where you're at on that journey. My final thought is, and I'm, I'm saying this a little bit tongue in cheek, but not really. I don't know who these people are where you're walking around with that, with no mask, like it's a sunny Sunday and none of this ever happened. Like grow up, be responsible, get a bandana, get a t-shirt, do something. Like I don't understand the selfishness of someone that just walks around completely unprotected uh, for you or for the rest of the community. Like that really bothers me. Like the CDC has finally said, wear a mask. Wear a mask like every when you're out and about and you're touching things that other people can touch. Wear a mask, wear gloves. It's really you shouldn't be out very much anyway. Like what once or twice a week, a couple times a week to go to the grocery store. Put a mask on, put a glove on. When I'm in Home Depot or I'm at the the grocery store at Fred Meyer, I don't want to interact with you and you don't have your mask on. Just wear a freaking mask and wear some gloves. Yeah, and I can't hear you. So when you have your mask on, I really can't hear you. Okay. And I, I'm realizing, since I can't hear very well from all the years of wearing headphones uh, and doing radio, that I became a pretty good lip reader, and you can't read people's lips when they don't have a mask on. So I've just kind of given up listening to people. It's a little difficult. <laughs> Anyway, hey, thanks to my mother, Virginia, for the birthday song. Boy, was that special. Uh, Even though it's not my birthday, I'll take it. So thank you, Virginia, for that. I love that. He's Ron, I'm done. You guys, keep your head up. Keep your shoulders back. You keep social distancing. Keep that bandana on. And uh, we'll see you this week for episode number 91. And I think episode 91, that is my birthday. All right. And don't forget for the parents out there that are struggling a little bit with your kiddo as far as trying to be a teacher uh, and trying to be a playmate and trying to be a friend. uh, And you're a little sick and tired of them and they're sick and tired of you too. I just want to tell you what my big sister told me, Beth, that you are enough, that you are enough. All right. We're all enough. You're enough. So hang in there. And I bet when this is all said and done, there's a lot of diverse attorneys out there. Uh, They're going to be getting a lot of phone calls. (laughs) It's the Rod and Don Show. Happy Easter, everybody. Uh, We're recording on Sunday. We'll talk to you this week, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network.